Hey everyone, this is Carrie back with Homeschool Coffee Break, where we help you gain confidence and stop overwhelm so you can actually take a homeschool coffee break. And I'm here to help you. And I have my friend Sarah Miller here, and I'm excited to hear what she has to say about teaching reading. And she's got some great ideas for you. So thanks so much for being here today, Sarah. Uh, thank you so much for having me, Carrie. I'm so excited to talk with you and, and with everybody listening today. Very good. I know, you know, we have moms that really struggle with their kids um, learning to read. I know this was like 20 years ago. A friend of mine was trying to teach her son how to read. And she said after a few weeks of whatever she was using, he just banged his head on the table and was like, I am done. I don't care. Now, the son right now is about 16 years old. And yes, he does know how to read, but she had to go find and research and look in all sorts of places. So I'm excited just to hear what you have to say about ideas that our moms can actually use to teach reading. So um, before we get started, why don't you tell everyone just a little bit about your family so they can uh, get to know you? Yeah, for sure. So I am a homeschool mom of two kiddos and we have homeschooled ever since the beginning. So they actually never went to public school. My son is seven at the time we're recording this. He's going to be eight in just a couple of months. And he is a fluent reader at this point. And sort of the reason why the reading curriculum and all of the resources came to be, because when I was going through the process of teaching him how to read, I really struggled because although there were resources available that were accomplishing the task, I noticed that the more that we practiced, the more frustrated he got and the more discouraged he got. And I was just watching the love of reading that I had seen in my son from the beginning disappear as he learned how to read. And I didn't want to get to the end of the process and have him be a fluent reader, but then have him not want to read. I felt like that would defeat the purpose. And so I really set out to create resources that were designed for homeschool parents to to be able to teach their kids not only to read, but also to love reading, because I think that both are important. And I really think that we can have both. And so now I'm using those with my daughter. She just turned five um, and she's learning how to read with this curriculum. And it's just been really fun to see the difference in the two experiences and just to see um, her love of reading grow. Well, that's so cool. Yeah, I know um, all my grandkids, I have four grandkids. I think most people here know that, but they all love to read. The one and a half year old, he can't read squat, but he will sit there with the book and he will turn those pages and he's mumbling something, but none of us know what he's talking about. The eight year old, on the other hand, I mean, they still take a quiet time and she pretty much chooses to read. Um, no one sort of strangled out her love of reading. So but I know that there are a lot of moms that sort of feel intimidated with trying to teach their kids how to read. Do you have any words of encouragement for them? Yeah, for sure. I think that this applies not only to reading, but also to homeschooling in general. I think it's so easy to get intimidated and to feel like if we just send our kids to the public school down the street, they'll be better off because those teachers are experts and maybe they have some training that we don't have and clearly they must do a better job, right? And I think that our culture tells us those messages over and over and over again as we look at our system and, and just all the things that are in place. And I know there are some fantastic teachers in our public schools, but 
the reality is that as homeschool parents, I think that we have a really unique advantage that we bring in that we know our kids really well. Um, and I think that when it comes to teaching, that's what's really important. I actually was a public school teacher for a little over a decade before I had my kids. And so I come at it from both sides. And I like I just in my experience doing both, what really mattered was how well I knew the kids and how well I knew what, what motivated them and what inspired them and what encouraged them and what frustrated them and all of those things, because ultimately you can't teach a child anything unless you have that knowledge about that child. And I think that's the strength that homeschool parents bring to this process and really what allows us to be successful teaching any subject, reading or anything else. That's so good. I know um, one of the things I'm always telling moms is you've got the freedom to do whatever's best for your kids and you don't have to be stuck with what someone's telling you to do. And yet, okay, so maybe they get over their intimidation. Now they're just sort of like, well, what do I do just to prepare my kids? Do you have any strategies just to prepare for moms to use so that they're sort of preparing them to be able to learn to read? Yeah, that's a great question. I think that just spending lots of time reading together is really important. Ultimately, when we're trying to raise a child who's a fluent reader, they not only have to be able to decode the letters and sounds on the page, but they also need to be able to make meaning from that. And so when we read out loud to our kids, we're building their vocabulary and their knowledge of different situations. And that is just as critical when they are reading for themselves. And we can work on that skill even before they're ready to read just by reading out loud to them. So that's a big thing. And then I think also working on letters is really important. Ultimately, reading begins with knowing those letter sounds and being able to combine them together. And so the more that we can work on identifying letters and starting to know their sounds, the better our kids will be when it's time to start those formal lessons. That's so cool. Makes me think of, I've got a four-year-old granddaughter and she has a laminated copy of her name in capital letters. And so she can take a dry erase board. I mean, she's my, I, I wasn't there, but my daughter was like, she'd been sitting on her bed, writing her name and then erasing it and then writing her name for like one hour. She sat on her bed doing that. And she can, I mean, she may not know all the sounds right now, but she does know the letters and you're really right. Just the practice of actually writing those letters starts to get in there. It's sort of that multi, you see it, you hear it and you write it kind of thing, but Anyway, that's real cool. So I love that. How how do you how do you how does would a mom really know if their child's ready to start reading? Yeah, for sure. I think one of the things that's really important to keep in mind is that it's not completely dependent on your child's age. There's actually a pretty wide range of ages where kids learn how to read. And there are some benchmarks that we can be aware of and look out for, but it's more important that we are paying attention to the different signs that we can be aware of and that we're looking for different developmental markers to know that our kids are ready to get started. So I like to tell parents the word ABLE, A-B-L-E, has four uh, letters and each of those stands for one of the signs that we can look for. So the A is for awareness. That is noticing print around them. So uh, noticing the sign on a store or letters on a t-shirt or uh, the wrapper on, a, on some food that they're eating. And maybe they might know what that says, or maybe they might ask what it says, but either way, they're noticing that those letters stand for something else. And that's really important because that's a sign that they have that symbolic thinking that they'll need in order to be able, be able to read. The B in ABLE stands for books. And so that is just that knowledge of books and knowing how to hold a book, how to turn the pages, uh, all of those kinds of things that come from lots of experiences reading with their parents. 
Then the L we already talked about, um, that stands for letters. And we already talked about how important those are as the first building block of learning to read. So all those activities, like what your granddaughter was doing with, with the writing board um, and just exposing our kids to those letters are really important. And then the E is for excitement. We want our kids to be excited to read and excited for the process. And one of the, the like the key signs that a lot of parents will talk about is what you were saying with your grandson about just wanting to pick up a book and pretend to read it. They'll read to stuffed animals or to the family pet or to a sibling or whoever, and they probably don't know what any of the words are, but they're making up a story as they go along. And that's always a really good sign that things are progressing and that they're getting ready to read. That's so cool because it really does tie in. I mean, your kids are actually thinking in stories too. It's not like, you know, I mean, I guess we get older and we just get a lot of us, that'd be me, uh, methodical, like we got to do this, 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 and this. And it's really just a blend of the things that you're sharing. So I really appreciate you sharing that. Um, I do know, just like I mentioned the kid at the very beginning, who's now 16, bumping his head on the table. Um, do you have any, how can mom sort of slow down and get rid of some of the frustrations that kids may feel? Yeah, so I think one of the biggest things that causes frustration is when we try to make our reading lessons too long. And it's tough because mm -hmm. when our kids really start to struggle with reading, we feel like as parents, the instinct is to want to double down and okay, my kid's struggling. So we're going to practice twice as hard and twice as long. And the reality is that that doesn't work. Um, it a lot of times can cause kids to get really frustrated and discouraged because they're getting tired and they need a break. And so often that frustration happens when our kids just run out of steam. And so it's really important to make sure that we're keeping those lessons really short and that we're being really intentional to just spend a few minutes doing some really specific activities to be able to really help our kids find that success. I always recommend take your child's age and multiply by about two. Um, so like two minutes times your child's age is a, a good sort of ballpark number. So if you've got a five-year-old, you're looking at 10 minutes. So you really do have to be intentional with, okay, what exactly are we going to do and keep your child focused for those 10 minutes. And so that's where having a really good curriculum will help because you'll know exactly what to do with that time to really make the most of it. That's so good. Um, I was, you were, my brain sort of went, I was looking at my next question, but I was thinking about what you had to say and the forgetting the words and stuff. And now I'm just sort of like, okay, we're going to go to this. And I hope that thought comes back to me because I really had something uh, that I thought was really good. This next question that I asked sort of has to do with my six-year-old. Um, so she's learning to read and, you know, she can read some books, but others not. And, um, but then she'll just start guessing words. Some of that's based on the context, which is a good thing. But I'm sort of like, did you, in my head, I'm thinking, did you read that word? Are you guessing that word? Do you, have you already memorized that word or what? So do you, what about, you know, how do we sort of differentiate where they are in their reading and what they could, um, you know, maybe they knew a word yesterday and then today they don't have a clue because, you know, I don't know about y'all, but my kids, especially you think about B's and D's and they get sort of all mixed up. So what, do you, what would you suggest with that situation? Yeah, yeah, that's super common. I hear that from a lot of parents. There are a lot of kids out there that are guessing. So if your child is doing that, you are certainly not alone. Um, I think the biggest thing that we can really do is encourage our kids to sound out the words instead of memorizing the whole word. So if you are doing flat 
flashcards or if you're using the sight word list to help your child memorize words. Um, the really interesting thing about that is that's actually not how our brain stores words and reads words. So our brain stores words as a combination of sounds in our head. And even as adults, when we read a word in just a split second, our brain translates that word into a combination of sounds, but we don't memorize it by the shape. So that's why you can read words that are written in somebody's like terrible, messy handwriting, because even though the shape of the word changes, you still know that combination of sounds because your brain translates it that way. So it's really cool, um, that process, but it also means that when we're teaching our kids to read, we need to make sure that we're teaching them to sound out each of the individual sounds and then to put those sounds together. And often when our kids are remembering words one day and then forgetting them the next day, it's because they've memorized the whole word instead of learning how to decode those individual sounds. The research says it can take up to 500 repetitions for a kid to remember a word that they've memorized that way versus as few as three to five if they are actually sounding it out to have that become automatic. And so if our kids are forgetting, that can sometimes be a clue that that's what they're doing. And also if they're guessing, that can be a clue as well because they might be looking at the picture or just kind of trying to look at the first letter and then guess. Um, and unfortunately, that's the strategy that's being taught in a lot of our schools right now, um, which makes it extra challenging for kids that have been exposed to that strategy. But the reality is that that's just not how good readers read. And so we need to make sure that we're teaching our kids to really sound out and then blend blend those sounds together. That's so good. I was taking care of my grandkids. I had a long eight day experience, four days with one, four days with the other, but the four at the beginning um, are in school. They know, I mean, so it was a really interesting exercise. They had every, she, the six-year-old had every day. It was nonsense words. And the only way you could figure out the word was if you actually sounded out. And I, I was like, you can circle it if you say it correctly, you know? And sometimes she wasn't sure and she'd look at me like, okay, I'm like, yes, you said that one correctly. You can circle it. So, you know, I, I do think even like the nonsense words, I don't know what you think, but I thought, oh, that's just reinforcing sounding out and really understanding the sounds as well. Yeah, that's a great strategy or finding words that are very similar to each other, um, like that have the same first and last letter, but maybe just a different middle letter um, and reading those writing in succession so that kids really have to look at those individual letters and figure them out. You can also cover up all the pictures in the book. So if you're reading a reader that's got a picture at the top and then a line of text, cover up the picture and make them read the line first. And then once they've read it, then they can uncover and look at the picture as sort of like their reward for finishing that line. That's good. I really like that. Yeah, because um, I don't know. It reminds me too of my kids, like they didn't even know how to read, but they had memorized all their books. And so they would just read it, but it was really just straight out of their memory. Okay. So going back to what I forgot, and now I remembered while you were talking and wrote it down. And one of those things is maybe some of the frustration, but when you talked about getting, when your kids are ready to read, um, I just think we need to give our, our kids we need to give moms grace to ourselves and grace to our kids because they all learn at different ages. I was talking to a guy who 
goes and speaks around the country. Anyway, he was just saying, you know, Carrie, a kid can learn to read at four or 10. There's this wide range. And it reminded me of one of my son's best friends. And he did not learn to read till he was 10 years old. His mom was so patient. Actually, I just saw her a few months ago and I was telling her, I still share Will's story because my son could read, but he could care less. Like he, I mean, yeah, he, yeah, he didn't care. But once Will learned to read, he just like skyrocketed up above all his friends, his ages and could read one. He loved it a lot more because she was patient and she didn't share it. And I know what it was. It was the amount of time that you do that. So there's one thing. And the other thing, and you can comment about this is when my daughter did not like math and I mean, we gone through five years of not liking math. We quit. We completely quit math. And then the next year we got back on it, but it changed her attitude. And she really did. She never really likes, she still doesn't like math, but she had a better attitude towards of it. So I don't know if you have any comments about that age thing, or like, I really liked what you said, two times their age. Don't prolong it because it does have the opposite effect. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. I love what you said about just being able to wait until they're eight or 10, because I think that that's one of the really big benefits of homeschooling, right? Is that we can wait until our kids are really ready to do something. Because the reality is, is that if your child was in public school and they were 10 and they weren't reading, that would be a big problem on a lot of levels, mm -hmm. right? Um, and there's, there's research that shows that you know, you can look at kids reading scores at the end of kinder and a preschool beginning of kindergarten at how many letters they know. And with public school kids that that will impact, you know, you can correlate that out to fourth grade to their reading scores. Mm -hmm. And so it's just like once, I mean, you talk about the conveyor belt, right? Like once you hop on the conveyor belt, that's where you're going. Um, and, and that's why I love your resources and, and the way that you're encouraging homeschool moms to really think outside the box and, and do what's right for their child. Because I think that when we homeschool, we have a really unique opportunity to do that that we wouldn't in public school. Um, obviously, you know, sometimes when kids reading is delayed, there can be, you know, an, an issue to look into dyslexia or, or, or things like that. But there are some times where it's just, they just need another year to grow up. Um, and so I do think that it's really good that we can have that opportunity and that we can give our kids that opportunity to do that. That's so good. And I appreciate you reinforcing that. I know my daughter, my middle daughter, the one who's um, one year old just flips through the books and the letters on the board. If she were in school, she would have failed math. She would have been in the yellow birds or whatever the lowest group was because she did not learn her times tables till algebra. But we could still keep moving forward and she could learn all. It. It's the same with reading, you know, and um, so we and we want to encourage our kids and say positive things. Wow. I love the way you sound out cat or whatever the word is. And they might be eight years old, but that may be really good for them, too. So I like that. Yeah. Yeah. So what about older kids? Do you have some advice for them or like learning to read independently as well? Yeah, so one of my favorite strategies to use for older kids that I recommend to pretty much everybody that I talk to is side-by-side -side reading. And I love this strategy because it's a great way to motivate uh, younger and older kids alike to read out loud without getting frustrated or discouraged. So what it's really simple. What you do is you just pick a book and then you read all of the pages on one side, like all the left-hand side pages, and your child reads all the pages on the other side, like all the right-hand side pages. And I love this strategy 
strategy because it takes the process of having to read a book out loud to you and breaks it down into manageable chunks. So rather than handing your child an entire book where they can't even see the end because it's on another page and asking them to read this thing out loud to you and they don't know when it's going to end and they don't, they might get tired as they go because that process can be tiring as kids are learning um, and they don't get a break and they, they have to go through this whole laborious thing, then you can just ask them to read one page. And then when they finish, they get a little break to sit and they get a reward because they get to listen to you read to them. And so they're getting all of those benefits of you reading out loud to them as well as you're going through this process, because you can be working on the vocabulary and modeling all the, all the good reading strategies that you do as an adult to be able to help your child even more through that. So I love that process of side-by-side -side reading. A lot of parents have found that it, it really helps to motivate kids and to make that, that reading together more fun. That's so awesome. And um, I know I've suggested similar things just in writing. You write a sentence, I write a sentence. Reading, I never really thought about reading the book, but uh, sometimes just reading a whole book is overwhelming to a child. And we forget that we've got 30 more years of reading experience than they do. And so that's a great idea. I really like that. Hey, I know you've got some stuff that you'd like to share with our um, viewers. Um, as far as reading is, reading better together is your whole big course, but I also know you have a sample. Can you sort of tell people just a little bit about that and where they could find that information? Yeah, for sure. So Reading Better Together is a curriculum that I created for homeschool parents. So this curriculum is designed for you if you do not have a master's degree in 25 years of experience in teaching reading. Um, the lessons are completely scripted so that it tells you exactly what to say and breaks down the process of teaching your child to read step by step so that you know that you're doing things in the right order and that you're covering all of the bases to help your child go from the very beginning from learning those first First letter sounds all the way up through being an independent reader. It also has readers that go along with it that are all designed for that side-by-side -side reading strategy that we were just talking about. So starting in week two, there are there are books where the kids can read at their level and then you fill in the details to make it into an interesting, motivating, exciting story that your kids want to read. Um, and then of course it comes with lifetime access to support, um, to ask me questions and, and to really customize the curriculum to yourself. So um, that's the curriculum. I would love to um, be able to support anyone who wants to teach their child to read at home and is looking for um, a resource to be able to do that. And then I have a sample of the curriculum, the Reading Better Together Starter Kit, that you can go and download for free if you're curious to learn more about it, or if you just want to try out one of those side-by-side -side readers, there's one in there. Um, and I know Carrie's going to share a link to where you can grab that resource. Um, inside of there, you'll find some of these scripted lessons. So you can go ahead and get started teaching your child there, and then you'll all also find a side-by-side -side reading book that you can read with your child to motivate and encourage them to want to learn to read. That is so cool. Yeah. And so wherever you're watching this or listening to this in the show notes or the description, we have all the links so you can go grab that free sampler. Or if you already know this is something that you want to do, just click on the link and go on over there. And as usual, I completely forgot at the beginning, wherever you're listening to this, if you have not subscribed, click the little subscribe button. And that way we can keep having people like Sarah come and share her knowledge and be able to encourage y'all as well. So is there anything in closing that you'd like to share with our moms? 
Ah, uh, thank you so much for having me today, Carrie. This was so fun, and I, I'm just I'm so excited to be able to get to know and and support the moms more in their reading journey. And I just just remember back to what we said at the beginning: you can do this. You are qualified. You have that knowledge about your child, and um, you know just just trust the process. That sounds awesome. Well, thank you so much for carving time out of your day to be with us. I am Carrie Beck with Homeschool Coffee Break. Let's go gain some confidence, stop the overwhelm, and drink your cup of coffee with me. So we'll talk to y'all later.